I wasn't always injured, which I don't know why runners think that's normal, but it's not just public service announcement. It is not normal to feel pain all the time. This runs radio episode 536 starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey guys, uh, today's episode of the show is brought to you by Audible. You know the uh, auto audio book subscription service. If you haven't checked out Audible before, I would I would encourage you to do so. If for no other reason than the fact that you you already listen to to podcasts, you already listen to audio content, um, and and what better way to to knock a few extra books out um, per per month or per year or whatever the case might be than by you know listening to to books on on tape. Only you know we're, we're not in, in the books on tape days anymore. It's the books the books on your phone uh, as as you go. Um, I'm a I'm a big fan of kind of some business entrepreneur books that I been listening to uh of late but uh also you know kind of some health stuff some some novels uh, you know the, the most recent book i got was uh, the second book in the iq series which is a which is a fictional kind of detective crime uh you know action novel uh series and, and i really enjoy it so um anyway i enjoy it if, if you haven't tried it out you might want to check it out and, and you can do so for free uh get a free 30-day trial plus a free audiobook that you get to keep whether or not you maintain your subscription or not uh just go through the link disruns.com slash audible uh, and, and, and let me know what you book you get. If you, if you check it out, I would love to hear what book you're getting, uh, how you enjoyed it. And, and maybe I'll add it to my, my queue as well. But, uh, disruns.com slash audible. Thanks for supporting the show. And, uh, now let's go ahead and get on with today's episode of the show. Hey guys, my, uh, guest today is a woman that has been running for over 20 years and, uh, she definitely has no plans of slowing down or stopping anytime soon. In addition to obviously being a fan of our sport as a participant, she's also a coach and like any good coach, she gets just as much joy, if not maybe even a little bit more out of her clients being successful as she does of her own running success. Uh, after chatting with her business partner a couple of weeks ago, I'm looking forward to uh, chatting today with the other half of Wahoo Running, Miss Christy Thomas. So uh, thanks for joining us today, Christy. Uh, appreciate it and welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's good to be here. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And, um, you know, kind of hearing, obviously, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about Wahoo as, as we go, just like I, I did with Carly a couple of weeks ago. But uh, hearing, hearing your story and, and, and you know, kind of how, how you got to where we are today. But uh, before we get into all of that, guys, just uh, as, a, as a reminder, in case you missed the, the episode with Carly or in case you want to find out more about Christy, uh, WahooRunning.com is the website and on the socials is the best place to probably follow uh, is, is at Wahoo Running or I'm sorry, at Wahoo Run. Uh, on Instagram. So uh, those are the, those are the places to connect with, with Christy. Um, and as always, we'll have everything linked up just like we always do uh, in the show notes, disruns.com slash 536 for today's episode. So uh, Christy, the, the the way we always start off the show, uh, same same question for every person. And, and uh, you know, the answers are, are always uh, just a, an interesting place to, to kind of start the conversation and, and find out where things are going to go. But that's just to uh, simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? 26.2, the marathon. Um, it stole my heart 20 years ago. I was, I, I guess I'd been out of college for about three years and could only run three miles. There was, I lived in Houston at the time and there was a loop um, that many, many runners run down uh, called Memorial Park and I could not make it 
all the way around um, that three mile loop without walking at least a couple of times. And a friend of mine gave me a phone call and said, Hey, I heard there's a group called Houston fit, which is now USA fit Uh, Houston fit. And they train you to run the Houston marathon. And it's a 26 week training program. Let let's give it a try. And so I'm like, eh, why not? I can't run three miles. I might as well try 26.2. And so I did go out and she never showed up. And so I ended up signing up and doing this training program and they got me to the finish line. And that was my goal in the first, the first go around, which I suggest to all my clients to finish wanting to do another one. Mm -hmm. Um, Don't kill yourself. And so First first marathon was the nineteen ninety four Houston marathon, and I've been in love with the distance ever since. Wow, that's that's uh, I, I don't know what's more more uh, you know I don't know if crazy is the right word or, or funny or whatever it is, but but um, you know the fact that uh, that, that you've been in love with the distance ever since then, or, um, I, I kind of think that, that I like the part about your friend wanting you to do this and then not showing up. So it's kind of like, you know, with, with friends like that, who needs, who needs enemies, right? <laughs> yeah, true. True. <laughs> and the funny thing is she still has never run a marathon. I'm like, you're wow. the one that got me into this and you've never done it. And it's, yeah, it's pretty funny, pretty funny story and crazy too, because really I could not, I could not run three miles and what in the heck was I doing thinking I could run 26.2. I don't recommend, I don't recommend that big of a jump for most of my clients for sure. So, um, but yeah, I was young and crazy and did it and And here I am now. Yeah. 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 Um, during, during that, that training cycle, so many, so many years ago, um, you know, like, like you said, you know, the, the, the goal is to finish it, have fun and, and, you know, theoretically want to do another one. Were, were there any parts along the way where, where you were really questioning your, your sanity? Why the heck am I doing this? I'll, I'll never do this again. Because I know for me, the first marathon, yeah, that was, that was the last like five miles was, why did I do this? And I'm never going to do this again. And, and of course it didn't take long for that to wear off. And, and you know, you, 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 I do start to, to, uh, or I did start to fall in love and, and have stayed in love with, with the marathon distance as well. But it was definitely a rocky start for me. It doesn't sound like that was the case for you, but was there ever a time in that 26 week buildup that, uh, you were just like, man, this is, this is kind of ridiculous. Well, there, there definitely, um, there definitely were some roadblocks. I, Probably about three quarters of the way through the 26 week program, my IT band decided mm-hmm. to show up. I know, didn't even know what an iliotibial band was at the time. And I thought somebody had jabbed a knife in the side of my knee. And I didn't, uh, yeah, I, I didn't know if I would be able to finish the training cycle or not, and much less cross the finish line. So that was a huge issue. But my running form sucked, to put it bluntly. And so that was, I mean, I just was a newbie. I didn't know, I didn't know the ins and outs of running form or any of that. I was just logging the miles and definitely not doing the pre-run and the Mm -hmm. post-run recovery stuff that I do today and have done for a long time now. Um, So that had a lot to do with, or that was a big hurdle for me to, to heal up enough to where I could run. Uh, went to PT and did all that stuff and took anti-inflammatories and ugh, just thinking <laughs> back on it now, it's like a war story. But And then definitely, if you've run the Houston Marathon, um, Allen Parkway, as you're coming back into downtown, you jokingly call it the the mountains of, of Houston because mm-hmm. it's just rolling 
a rolling ro- roadway and uh, those hills seem way way bigger at mile 21 than or 22 than they did any day that I ran them <laughs> right. during during the training cycle and so um, yeah, so there, there were, I did question my sanity and why am I doing this towards the end of that run? It was not a negative split. And I remember one thing that stands out vividly is I was at mile 13 and you go over this big bridge and there was an announcer there, DJ, and he was like, the leaders are at mile 24. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh, what am I doing? They're, they're almost finished and I'm not, I'm just now halfway done. And but anyways, I, I crossed the finish line. I did not cross it saying, hey, I can't wait to do my next one. But kind of like childbirth, you 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 get the the high from mm-hmm. finishing and then you settle back down and then you realize, hey, I want to do this again. Um, but yeah, it's it was it was a good experience, but it definitely had its share of of roadblocks. Right, right. How long did it take to do the second marathon? Oh, well, my first marathon was a 425. And then my second marathon was the following year. I, what's funny is I, I definitely was not dedicated to running. I was dedicated to fitness and being in shape, but running was not my end all be all. Um, at the minute I finished that marathon, I didn't run again for six months until mm-hmm. Houston fit started again. I did other things. And so I did re-up with Houston fit and ran the Houston marathon again the following year. And I, ended up without doing anything different or special. Uh, my next marathon was a three fifty one. So I shaved off a lot of time. Just, just having the knowledge of what was mm-hmm. coming my way is, was huge. I think my fitness level was probably at a higher level than a four twenty five my first marathon, but I realized, um, yeah, I think knowledge is power you know what's coming at you and that distance can throw a whole lot of variables your way and that day it didn't throw as many variables my way and just having that knowledge was was very helpful well and and not only that but but uh you know the fact that you hadn't done obviously in training but but you know you didn't have much of a of a distance running ex- experience of racing i don't i don't assume unless we we missed something there in the build up no, to the first no. race i mean if the longest you'd basically run before you started was 3 miles like like it's not like you'd built up and done a 10k or a 10 mile or a half or something like that it was it was just all it was nothing but uncharted territory the first time Correct. Although what Houston does very well that I wish every city did for their mar- their hometown marathon, they have a warm-up series. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure that it still happens. I think it does just based on what I've seen from friends of mine that are still there. But they'll do a 15K, a 20K, and a 30K all in the fall leading up to the marathon. So you do get some race experience. But again, everything was it was so new, like every distance, I call it running virgins. I mean, you, you're always doing throughout that whole process, something you've never done before. And whether it's 10 miles or 12 miles or 14 miles, you're just constantly building and it's all, it's all new. So you don't know what you're going to, you may do fine at 12 miles, but what's going to happen when I go 14 or 15. Um, and so, yeah, it was just, it was all new. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, definitely it, it, i mean every marathon is always going to be a learning experience but yeah that that first one even the first couple the first two or three it's it's you're learning a lot and and you probably try something different or or whatever as as you kind of go and and get experience in the sport and and um yeah it's it's you're always you're always trying to to figure out what the best way to to do it is um and i don't think that's probably one of those things that you ever i don't know have you ever stopped or are you always still learning as as you go oh my goodness there's so many lessons in the marathon no i i'm constantly learning in fact we're running Austin 
this coming weekend and there's there's still <laughs> tinkering that's being done and I'm 47 years old. I mean, I in that that race was I was 24 years old when I ran it. And so or not quite 24, but yeah, I I'm always learning and it's always teaching me something. And it's always humbling me and it's always <laughs> giving me something to boast about. I mean, it gives you it kind of gives you that wide range of of life lessons, I guess. Yeah, it, it certainly does. Um, it, have, have you had any uh, experience going beyond the marathon distance or is, is 26.2 good enough for you? I think Wichita's Prairie Fire was 26.5. <laughs> that's, that's my my beyond right there. No, I haven't. But, you know, as I get older, um, I've been reading a lot about longevity in the sport and what what people do. Uh, once you know that PRs mm-hmm. are not necessarily possible, just physiologically, uh, what what what's around the next corner? And so the ultra has has definitely caught my attention, um, and I like the idea of being on trails. Although mm-hmm. in Oklahoma we don't have access to the trails that a lot of different cities have, <laughs> you have to kind of go hunt for them. And then I'm not sure that I want to venture off. By myself, so I'm a little bit of a chicken when it comes to that kind of thing. So I need a buddy that's wanting to do the same thing that I want to do. Um, yeah, but yeah. It, so I, I'm tempted by it. I have not signed up for a race or anything else. So it's it's a whole different world. And I, I was I, I've been on record. People that have listened to the show for for years know that uh, I was I was adamant that there's no way that I would ever you know famous last words right. I'll never yeah. do that. Um, yeah. but, but I, and I held, I held pretty firm for a few years and then, uh, slowly but surely got, got chipped away from, you know, friends, people that have been on the show, um, you know, be running in, in a few circles on, on social media and whatnot and interviewing folks that have done, you know, that are, you know, elite ultra marathoners and stuff. Oh, and it's yeah. just like, yeah. like, you know, like maybe, I don't know. And, and I finally did, uh, did one, um, just, to, just about a year ago as, as we're recording this and, and, uh, you know, it was, it was, it's, it's just different. It's, it's, yeah. you know, it's like if somebody's like, oh, you know, a half marathon and a marathon, it's just, it's just one half of, you know, one is half of the other. And it's like, nope, they're just, they're, they're such complete different races. And it's, you know, the, the extra five miles between the marathon distance and you know, 50 K it's, it's, it's just not the same. It's, it's, no. it's to- so different and, and fun. And I, you know, I haven't done another one since, but, uh, I, I certainly have not sworn them off by any stretch. I, I, right. I don't know when I'll do another one, but I look forward to, uh, to trying it again because it was it, like, like you said with that first marathon, it's a learning experience. Uh, you don't know what to expect, you know, the first time going beyond, you know, whatever 26 point, whatever your, your watch ends up when you miss a few tangents and whatnot along the way. And right. uh, boy, it was, it was a lot of fun. So I, I'm excited for you that you're, you're at least thinking about it and, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to push yeah. you in that direction a little, uh, <laughs> not too hard. Cause I, I know what it feels like when you're not ready to do it yet, but, uh, yeah, it, yeah. it'll be interesting now to see how that, how the future unfolds for you on that, on that front. Yeah, it's definitely a temptress right now. So uh, I, I, I guarantee it. I'll do one within the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel you about the, the not being in the, in the good trails of, of, you know, you see all the, the pictures from the Rockies and from the Appalachians and, and various other nice mountain, tr- you know, forest areas. And, yes. and I'm, I'm running the swamps in central Florida. So it's, yes. it's definitely not as, as much, yeah, it's, it's still nice to get off the roads once in a while, but it's definitely not, uh, the same trail experience as, uh, some of those beautiful parts of the world, but, uh, you right. know, it, it is, it is what it is. And you got to deal with what you've got in your, in your area. 
Yep, that is true. So you, you mentioned um, a little bit about kind of the, some of the reading and studying and, and learning you've been doing about kind of longevity and, and kind of how, how the career of, of, you know, runners changes over, over time, whether you're elite or recreational, whatever the case might be. And, and just, you know, as you age and, and priorities change and things like that, um, you know, running, running hat changes with it. There's no, you know, there's two sides of the same coin. You can't have, you can't change without the running changing as well. How, how is right. it, how is that? process kind of played out for you so far? Like you said, I mean, it's, it's 20, 20 plus years, 23, 24 years that, that you've been running. And since the first marathon right. to, to now, um, you know, how, how are you noticing that, that running has changed and, and is continuing to change for you? And, and cause I know a lot of folks that are listening are probably in that same boat, maybe not have run quite as long, but they're in that same age range where, you know, right. the, the PRs were, were five years ago, 10 years ago, and may not ever come back again. And they're kind of probably struggling there too. And I'm, I'm kind of struggling there too. So, you know, how, how has it been for you and, and that process playing out uh, in the last decade or so? Well, I think I, there's part of me that feels like my thirties, my thirties were filled with, um, having kids, mm-hmm. honestly. And I have four children and I was very busy with that. And I was also working full time during part of that. So marathoning was not even in my, mm-hmm. it was, it wasn't even on my radar. So I, I missed, I think I qualified and ran Boston when I was, it was in, I ran 2000, 2001 and 2002. And then pretty much 2003, which I was 32, 33 that year. Um, from 30 from there until about, uh, when did I run another one? It was, it was a good 10 years, a good decade Mm. between when I ran, um, my last Boston and then I ran St. George, um, in 2015 was my first one back. And so I think part of that makes me feel like I missed the prime age (laughs) for Mm -hmm. women runners but then at the same time, I think some of that just running more recreationally also saved me in that it, it gave me a little bit more. I, I wasn't tearing myself down and mm. um, like just driving PR after PR after PR, which I think that probably would have been the path that I would have taken. Mm. So being a mom sort of saved me from that. But, you know, I still look back at those times that I ran and I feel capable of doing that. Um, today, I don't know if that's true or not. And I'm just recently, or actually I'm in the midst of reading run strong, stay hungry by Mm -hmm. Jonathan Beverly. And I can relate to a lot that he said in that book. Um, one thing just being that you, you, um, you tend to, I guess, see yourself as being maybe more capable than you're, than you are. Mm -hmm. You you kind of have a hard time grappling grasping reality and that you, you, you're not as resilient as you were when you were 28, 29, 30. Um, so you have to do things a little bit differently and by doing things differently is just taking time to, you know, take your slow, your easy runs, easy, your, um, fast runs, maybe modifying it. So instead of doing 10 by 400 or, six by 800, you're doing four by 800 mm-hmm. and your, your, your paces can still be the same, but you just can't handle the workload as, as well as you could when you were younger. So modifying some of that, but still, still seeing speeds that I, I saw when I was in my thirties, I mean, or young thirties before I started the journey of motherhood. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also a lot of my running buddies, I mean, Carly, my business partner that you interviewed a couple weeks ago, she is, almost 20 years younger than I am. 
but we're running together and I don't feel like I'm overextending myself to stay with her or with the rest of our group. And our group ranges from 27 on up to 52. I mean, we have women running together throughout that. So, I mean, that's, that has kind of kept me motivated and also to coaching, I think has supplied me with that, that desire to, um, like see people to their goals and their potential. And it's taken sort of the view. It's not just about me anymore. And for a long time, that's all running was. It was 100% about Christy Thomas. It was not about um, the Lisa's or the Carries mm-hmm. or the Dina's. And and so it's, so that's, that's helped to kind of not be so self-focused and, and driven by my own goals. I'm driven by their goals and seeing them, them achieve greater things but two, just looking at, I think, having a fresh view each year about what can I do this year? What can, not what a decade or 15 year ago Christy do, what can I do this year? And keeping that fresh perspective and just knowing that one, just being thankful. I and mean, that's, a, that's a huge thing for me is that gratitude. Every single day I write down a thankful three. Mm. Uh, just to get my mind focused on what I'm grateful for. And a lot of times running is part of that. Just the fact that I could get up out the door at 5 a.m., meet a great group of women who inspire me to not only be a better runner, but to be a better person um, and complete a run and come home and then be ready and charged to get my kids out the door for school, my husband off to work, and then also, you know, start focusing on the coaching business and building up Wahoo Run and, you know, there's seven and a half billion people on this planet. (laughs) I love the fact that you and I can talk coaching and running because there's so many people we can impact and you know very well what running can bring to the table. Um, It is a love story. I mean, it's Valentine's Day. It really is a love story and it's something that can teach you so much, but I think just keeping a fresh perspective uh, on what the future holds and not looking in the rearview mirror too much helps as you get older. Mm-hmm. And then also just focusing on what you're thankful for and the fact that you can get up and get out the door and and there's new opportunities like the trail runs. I've never I've only done one trail run and it was just this past fall. It was so fun and so fresh and just to be out in the wilderness and or you know in the woods and running it it offered something completely different and new that I've never experienced in 23 years of running. So hopefully that answers your question, probably more long winded than (laughs) desired. Oh no, no, no. I, I, the the long winded is great because it gives me plenty of, of things that I can, can ask or, or try to dive in a little bit deeper on. And, you know, just, just on that last bit about, you know, doing something different for you getting out on the trails, you know, if, if for anybody, you or or anybody listening that, that is kind of driven by PRs and, and kind of, you know, at, at that point, um, where, where maybe, um, you know, the, the faster days are, are in the rear view, you know, do something different, like, like a trail, even a, a trail 5k. Well, there's a new five, yeah. a new PR. Cause you've never, you know, it's, it's, it's a totally different animal than a road 5k or, or whatever distance you might want to do. So, so yeah, if you're willing to, to, you know, look for some new challenges, some new opportunities, um, you can find them and still scratch a, a competitive itch at that point, because it's, it's a completely uncharted territory for you. Every, every new adventure is a PR, you know? So you, you, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot that that has to offer. Another thing that's helped me a lot too, is to help others, not even from a coaching perspective, even before I stopped, started coaching, I 
would help friends who were, you know, I, I have a good friend, Tina, who she'd never run. She would never consider herself an athlete. She always avoided gym class, was looking for notes from mom to get out of gym class. And I helped her run her very first half marathon. And I ran with her. I ran at the back of the pack. We, we, uh, we had a great time. And I, I received more joy and more of a blessing to my life and my running, experiencing that with her than I, than I do whenever it's my own accomplishment. I mean, it was, it was so, it really was an amazing experience and something that I don't think people take enough time to do is just to go run at the back of the pack. If you're used to being one of the lead people that's constantly dialing into your watch, pick a race and go run with the two and a half hour, three hour, half marathoners. Talk about joy. Mm -hmm. You will find joy back there because those people are so excited to be there. They, this is something most of them have never done before, ever thought they could do before. They're, they're high-fiving the crowd. It's not about the watch. It's not about the time. It's just about being out there. That'll rejuvenate your love of running more than anything, I think, or at least it has for me. Yeah, either either running back there with somebody or spectating because I, I know I've I've uh, lived close enough to Disney that I head over there uh, for most of the, the the big race weekends that they have um, and and try to do a little spectating along the way yeah. And, and yeah I mean you, you know it's 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 cool to see the people that are flying that are out in front but yeah the, the yes. people that are just out there having a blast pushing themselves maybe trying like you said trying to do something for the first time or or not worried about their watch at all like like yeah there's there's a lot of people having fun in, in the in the mid to back of the pack and and it's yes. a, it's a different experience if you've never been there that's for sure it is it is it's a completely different experience like wow this is how it can be <laughs> I, I didn't know it could be this much fun to go this far but it was yeah it was just not I'm not saying do that every weekend um, but just once in a while do something that's not just focused on you and I think that that can be a turning point for a lot of people I know for me it was and there was I had a running buddy and I, I mentioned her in my in my um, write up to you just about things to talk about her name was Meredith and she we ran all the time together and I'm five, six, just average height, average size. She was five, I don't know, 10 or five, nine, probably five, nine, long, skinny legs, about as tall as I am. And <laughs> we were running buddies and we ran everything together and she was faster than I was more capable than I was. And I was doing everything I could to keep up with her most of the time. But, um, we ran, uh, Dallas marathon, a white rock marathon together. And she had, already qualified for Boston at that time. That was the first time I ever even had entered my mind that I could mm -hmm. possibly run at the time. The qualifying time was three forty, And I, I mean, I'm coming from four twenty five to three fifty territory. There's no way I'm going right. to shave off, you know, 10, 10 more minutes, but we were running and usually around mile 20, she would still have more energy. And I would just say, go, go without me. And this time the, the table was turned and I had the energy and she was telling me to go, go without her. And so I started to go without her and I got a ways ahead of her and I thought, this is not what I came here for. And so I just waited for her and I turned around and I ran her, I ran with her in cause she was really struggling. And at that point, after that marathon, I thought I can do this. I can qualify for Boston. Um, but I think had I made that race about me, I don't know that I would have I would have made it. Mm -hmm. uh, it sounds weird, but 
I really do consider that as kind of a turning point when I came, when I stopped being just a occasional marathoner to someone that had her game face on. Um, but it had, it had to do with serving my running buddy more than it did anything else. Cause it, it, there was just something about that, the magic of helping somebody else and not necessarily putting myself first that, that was, um, helpful to me and gave me. And then after that, I don't think I ever ran a marathon slower than a three forty. Wow. And, and I don't know if, if this is something that uh, you can relate to, but I know for, for me, sometimes, like you said, you know, the serving others or, or being there for others, um, I, mentally I can, I can give up on myself a whole lot easier than I can give up when, when I am there for somebody else. So if you're pacing yeah. somebody or things like that, you, know, you, you find that well, you, you dig a little bit deeper because, because yeah. you know that you're letting somebody else down as opposed to just like, yeah, it wasn't my day or I, I don't feel like pushing through the pain or whatever. So, so there's that part of it too, which uh, yeah. is something that uh, I know I could maybe stand to improve upon. So maybe, maybe finding some folks and helping them a little bit more often would be something that, that could, you know, it even ends up serving you in the long run, but, but you're, it does. you're serving it somebody does. at the same time. So it's, it's, you know, yep. what, a, what a great opportunity. Yeah, I really do credit that for a lot of the success and just the joy that I've found in running is just to be able to be there for others and help others. And whether and it could just be somebody on Instagram that sees that we're running all the time and thinks, you know what, if Carly and Christy at Wahoo Run can do this, I can get up at 5 a.m. too. And I may not ever even hear about that, but that's one thing that keeps me coming back to social media because I'm definitely not of the age group that grew up with it. <laughs> so sometimes that's a struggle for me to know, like, what's the purpose here? Why am I, why am I posting a picture of myself running? And, um, but it, just, I've heard from other people, they're like, yeah, we saw you guys out there and, or, you know, on your story and it motivated me to do whatever it was that they did. And so I think, okay, there was a purpose there. I mean, it ha it is inspiring other people. And hopefully inspiring more than making people feel like, oh, gosh, I suck. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, there, there's always that side, but hopefully it's more inspiring than anything. Yeah, that's that's always the uh, the, the double-edged sword of, of social media where you start comparing yourselves to others. But then uh, that's certainly never never the, the the preferred route, I think, is, is maybe the way I'm trying to say it. But not the not the route you want to go. You, you're you're being motivated. You're you're being um, inspired. You're you're supporting each other. There's a little bit of you know. I, I'm sure for you, uh, even without without being as, as much of a savant at social media, you, you develop relationships there, and, and people commenting, yeah. and you're commenting, yeah. and and it really becomes you know an extended an extended friendship, an extended almost family sometimes of of keeping each other going. And and yeah, that's that's definitely the the, the beautiful part of social media that uh, sometimes gets overshadowed, but it's certainly there. Yeah. Yeah, it is fun to hear stories about people. Like, I didn't want to get out of bed today, but then I remembered you guys would probably be out there, so we did it. So, mm -hmm. it, that's that's pretty fun to hear. Yeah, definitely. Um, I want to get into a little bit more of of kind of how you know, from your perspective how Wahoo Running got started. But uh, first, first, just want to take a quick second and, and pay a bill real quick. Remind everybody, uh, today's episode is sponsored by uh, Audible. Uh, you know, you obviously you made it this far, and and you, you know, maybe this isn't maybe this is your first episode. Maybe you've been listening for hundreds of episodes by this point. But you you enjoy listening to people talk about things that you're interested in. Um, otherwise, you you wouldn't still be here listening to the, to this uh, this 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 conversation and, and this ad read. And, and Audible, one of the the beautiful things about, about audible.com and, and the audible subscription is that you know if, if you're like me and you want to read more but it's just you know there's only t so many hours in the day and and sometimes uh you know reading and, and reading for fun or reading for education kind of gets bumped to the back burner um if, if you're on the go running 
doing running errands, doing doing whatever it might be, uh, and you've got a, an, an audio book, bada boom, bada bam, you pop the headphones in, and, and there you go. You know, you can you can get through a novel that you enjoy, or or you know something related to to running, related to anything, any any interest. I mean, there's there's thousands and thousands of, of titles available uh, at Audible, and uh, they, they're hooking everybody up with a free a free month and a free book, so you can get get your first book uh, on on the house. Um, and, and, you know, see if, see if you like the service. If, if you like me, um, it becomes, uh, something that you actually look forward to. It's, it's a, it's a recurring bill that I don't mind paying every month. Um, but if you head over to disruns.com slash audible, uh, you get yourself signed up, you get yourself a free book. And, and in 30 days, if you don't like it, if it's not for you, uh, the cancellation process is super easy. It's literally like a one click on an email and, and you're, you're, you're good. You're good to go. You won't get charged anything like that. Uh, but if you like it and enjoy it, um, You'll you'll uh, be like me before long. Looking forward to that new mo- new book every month as part of the the fifteen dollar a month subscription is what it ends up being. So, uh, disruns.com slash audible is is the link to get yourself a free book if you're so inclined. And uh, if you do, let me know what book you get because I'm always looking for uh, for books to listen to, um, running and otherwise. So uh, let me know. Um, so Christy, get, getting back to uh, to the story a little bit, and, and obviously we talked to Carly not too long ago, and, and kind of got her perspective on how Wahoo Running got formed. But in in, in in any good partnership, um, you know, there's there's two sides to that to the origin origin. Easy for me to say. I talk for a living. You think I could uh, spit out some words? But the origination story of of how you guys get came together and, and created uh, Wahoo Run and, and and what you're doing to serve the folks in, in Oklahoma and and beyond uh, that, that you work with. So um, how did how did you know from from your side of the story? How did how did things get started with with you and Carly and putting Wahoo Running together? Well, Wahoo Running started actually. This will be our eighth season, um, and it was just it was just me at the time. I started a kids running club, and we do a twelve week little five k training program for kids, age range four to twelve. The four year olds, the younger kids, tend to gravitate towards just doing a one miler at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but the older kids, they do a full uh, three three miles, 3.1, somewhere in there. It's not exact. We have access to the University of Oklahoma's grass track. They've mowed a path out um, just not very far from where we live, mm-hmm. and it's got a 400-meter track, 800-meter, and a 1,200-meter track. And so we just take the kids out there. It's a great place to to run with a group of kids because you can see them at all the time or all the time and run with them and count their laps and, um, work with them out there. And the parents tend to stay, whether they, sometimes they work out, sometimes they walk and run. So Mm -hmm. it's a neat environment to be a part of because you see just families in motion and I'm working with the kids and the moms are just out there and sometimes dads and sometimes a grandpa out there just running and walking and being active as well. But I started Wahoo running back in, I guess it's, what is it? 2014. Um, and it actually it was 2013 and I started it as a tribute to my running buddy, Meredith, that I mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. She was, she was killed, um, back in 2001. She was struck by lightning Mm. and very sudden death. She was only 27 years old and um, got a call from her husband that she was out front pulling weeds and then Houston little storms rumble and roll by all the time and probably don't have the respect for them that 
we should have had at the time, but she was outside pulling weeds and just a bolt of lightning literally just struck her, um, mm-hmm. went through the left side of her body and she was, a, they were able to get her to the hospital. Um, but she died later that night. And that morning we had done a three hour run. I, at the time I was actually training for Ironman Canada and she was doing all the running with me, but we had a three, three, three and a half hour run that morning. And, uh, so whenever I got the call from Tim, you know, your, your brain just can't even process something mm-hmm. like that. And so she, she died and I, I mean, I felt like I was trying to run on one leg every time I went out to run. Cause we really did run almost every single run together. We ran for four years and I mean, she was my best friend and probably knew more about me, <clears throat> excuse me, than, than my husband did, and, uh, to be quite honest, just because the, the intimacy of a running relationship. Mm-hmm. I always say running builds friendships faster than anything on the planet. Um, people that, you know, to only have been in each other's lives for four years and for her to mean to me what she meant to me is a testimony to just what running can bring to relationships and also just what a great person she was. But anyhow, one of the things that we had um, struck upon during our time of running together is, you know, during this time is when we, I was getting faster and I just noticed in Meredith noticed as well that there was an inverse relationship in joy and speed. (laughs) (laughs) And it felt like the people that we were starting to run with just they look like they're having zero fun whatsoever. It just looked like it was a grind. It, there was no, there was nothing joy filled about it. And so we started wahooing. We started wahooing the crowds as we would pass, you know, the parts where people were spectating and we would just belt out a wahoo and the crowd would go nuts and we would get energy from the crowd. And that was kind of our way to sort of spice it up a little bit, even though, you know, we were placing in our age groups or sometimes winning a race. That was, that was a way to keep it fun and to keep it light and not get too serious about it. And so that's the origination of Wahoo. It was just our little thing that we did to try to get, to keep the fun in the sport as we became better at the sport. And so what better way to honor her and then also honor our I guess teach kids that running is not just a form of punishment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always see kids with uh, cross country meets that say our sport is your sports punishment, mm-hmm. but that really is what running is in childhood is it's carefree and fun until you get into organized sports and then it's your punishment. And so most kids, if you ask them that are school age, do you like to run? They'll say no, because in basketball the other day I didn't hit, five three throws Mm -hmm. and I had to run lines and so that was kind of my my intent on starting the kids running club was to um just inspire some joy in the sport and see this as not only can this benefit you and you can carry this through your entire life but this can also benefit whatever sport it is that lights you up it may not be running and I'm not out here to convert people to marathoners or half marathoners or anything else but I do want you to know how to do it well and how it can benefit you. And that's either, you know, making you a better soccer player, basketball player. You can stay on the court longer than anybody else. So just making those positive connections to the sport and to kids. And so we we are starting in March. We'll do our eighth session or eighth season, I guess you could call it, of Wahoo for the kids. And um, 
and I think we're going to open it up to two different groups now because mm. normally it had been a, a group of kids that do a, a special school here in Oklahoma that has a blended model where they're in school two days a week and then they're home three days a week. So we were running during the day, but we're going to open up an afternoon session to um, get more kids that do more traditional school mm -hmm. models and hopefully just continue to spread the joy of running. And then Carly and I met about, uh, it was the summer, a little over a year ago. So it's, we've known each other for about a year and a half. And on the side, I had been training people, you know, just giving people tips and people would come to me running related stuff just because they knew I'd been running for so long and I was still running and I wasn't hobbling and <laughs> I wasn't always injured, which I don't know why runners think that's normal, but it's not mm -hmm. just public service announcement. <laughs> it is not normal to feel pain all the time, but that I was, I was healthy and I was still running and I was running long distances. Like, how do you do it? So they would ask me questions and I would try to help. And I mean, I've left a trail of runners in, in my wake, all running, happy, having a good time, staying healthy. And then finally, um, whenever I met Carly, she had just had the baby. She mentioned this in her podcast, so I won't go too far into it. But she wanted to train for a marathon. And I said, well, I can train you. And so we trained for Fort Worth together. And just seeing like how what I was putting together was helping her kind of sort of a light bulb went off. Like, why am I not doing more of this? Mm -hmm. And so then I would help another person, another person. And then I, I we just kind of put our heads together last spring and thought, why don't we do this together? Even though she didn't have as much running related experience, she's still, you know, a competitive athlete and had a lot of experience with the strength side and the recovery side. Her husband's a strength and conditioning coach at OU. And so, I mean, there was just a lot of things that I had to offer that complemented what she had to offer and putting it all together in a package really, it was kind of a holistic view of what it takes to be a good, healthy, strong runner that can go, can continue running through forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, hopefully. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's how we came together and then we just started doing the social media and we formed an LLC and we started coming up with our training plans and our strength programs and our recovery programs and putting it all together. And we're still, I mean, we're still trying to figure out exactly who we are and who we want to be and how to do it. And, you know, website, do you offer it? Do you do canned plans? Do you just do custom plans? The thought of handing someone a plan and never talking to them mm. makes me itch. I mean, because <laughs> there's so much that can go wrong with that. Um, so that's, that's kind of how Wahoo started was just a place to find joy in running and then became a little business that helped kids, run better, start to associate positive things with running. And then Carly and I getting together and coming up with more of the adult side of it to where we're training more adults and, um, trying to get people to Boston qualifier race, uh, you know, qualifying mm -hmm. for Boston and, um, going out for their first run or maybe, you know, trying to set a PR or just stay healthy. I mean, that's, like I said before, that's such a big part of, running now is just trying to get people to realize the connection between a, war a proper warm up and a proper recovery. And, mm -hmm. you know, you've got the running thing down, obviously, but what you're doing before and after really, really does matter. Kind of, I call it the bookends of, of running. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. And, and, and yeah, it's, it's, you know, an argument that I've 
maybe not argument, maybe a discussion, a discussion point I've had with several clients and, and maybe with myself, maybe looking in the mirror, I've, I've maybe had this conversation a, a few times too, but it's like, it's, it's so easy to, to think that, oh, I can just, you know, it's just a few minutes, whatever. Like I'll just, I'll just, you know, run easy for, for a mile and that's, that's all the warm up I need, but right. it really does make such a difference. The cumulative effect, if, if not so much even for just that one run, but you start doing that repeatedly over and over and over again, you re, you recover quicker, you get stronger, you, you, you shore up some weak areas and pretty soon, you know, it, it, uh, it, it, it you, you almost can't believe that you didn't used to do a proper warm up, proper cool down, things like that. Um, right. When, once it becomes so ingrained and you start to really see the, the benefit, but it just, it just takes a while to get to that point of where you can really connect the dots and go, oh, you know, this is why I haven't been injured maybe, or this is why I'm, I'm actually getting, getting faster for the first time in a few years or, or whatever the case might be for each person. Everything's going to be always different, but, but right. those, those dots start to be connected when you're, when you're consistent with it. Yeah. Consistency is such a big part of running. That's another thing I wish I could get people to understand. Like, Just show up. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you run 10 minutes. You just need to get into the pattern of showing up and being consistent with whatever you do. And the same thing, like you said, applies to your pre and post work. Show up mm-hmm. <laughs> because it'll make a huge impact if you just get that consistency, that pattern developed. It, you're going to start seeing things that you never thought were even possible. Um so yeah, I agree with you 100% on the consistency factor, whether it be pre-work, post-work, or just the actual act of running. Yeah, yeah, and and I'm sure we could go down a, a whole host of of different different uh, you know kind of some of the, the coaching aspects and and uh, like I said to, to Carly, and I'm going to say to you, and I pretty much say to every everybody who's on that that's a coach um, at one point or another is I always love to to maybe get a, a tip or two or something like that that uh, um, that, that probably. Sometimes are things that I've been saying. Sometimes are things that are, are, are new to me as well. So it gives me a chance to learn, but it, it also gives the, the listeners a chance to hear a different different perspective, or at least a different voice. Maybe maybe saying the same thing, and maybe that that is the the thing that finally gets gets through to them to maybe open up to the idea of doing a warm up or doing yoga or doing strength training or, or whatever the case might be. So, um, you know, you, you mentioned a, a few minutes ago that, that kind of part of the reason that you started coaching adults is that you know people were asking you like like you said you know I I love the the bit about you know like you're not hurting and everybody seems to think like, Oh, like if you've been running for very long, like you should be hurt. You should have mm-hmm. problems and aches and pains and all these things. And, and, and you haven't been. Um, so, so maybe if, if there's a couple of tips or, or things like that, that you could offer, um, as it relates to injury prevention, um, as it relates to, to recovery, wh- whatever, maybe some of the, some of your secrets, some of your tips of, of some of the ways that, that you have been able to go for, for 23 years, 24 years, who knows how long, much long, you know, as long as, 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 uh, physically possible is kind of my assumption for, for continuing to run for you. Um, you know, how, how do you stay healthy? How do you, how do you kind of avoid the, the injury bug in as, as much as possible, um, that maybe some other folks can, can learn from and, and implement and, and, uh, you know, kind of try to maybe break their injury habit if that's something that they're dealing with as well. I, I, my hot button right now, um, is your feet Mm. and just really taking care of your feet. And a few weeks ago, we posted a whole week worth of posts just on things that, that we do to take care of our feet and feet are your foundation. And so many of us, um, either are wearing shoes that are not right for them, uh, or, and that could be running shoes, but it could also, most of the time it's mm-hmm. your everyday shoes that are squishing the heck out of your forefoot and lifting your heel up, especially if you're a woman wanting to wear heels. And I get it. They look better, but it just depends on what your goals are. Mm-hmm. And for me, I, I go function over fashion. And I'm sure part of that is just being in my 40s and having a 
who cares attitude about that kind of stuff. I don't care if people think I look stylish or not. And I probably wouldn't have said that in my twenties or thirties. But taking care of your feet and the shoes that you wear. And I've been a huge ultra fan. I know you're on team red and Carly is as well. Uh, But I've been a huge ultra fan for over or right at about three years now. And I didn't, I wasn't told about the shoes. I just was just doing research and Mm -hmm. trying to find, okay, my toes go numb. This is not normal. Why are my toes going numb? And it's only on the left side. So that's even weirder. And and so I was just doing lots and lots of research online. What there's got to be a shoe out there. And I went through the Vibram stage. I went through, you know, I modified, I read born to run and I modified my running form. And I was really working on trying to not be a heel striker that extended their leg, her leg mm-hmm. out in front of her and absorbed all that shock. And so what can I do to make make my running form better and healthier. And I did see a difference whenever I wore the Vibrams and how I ran versus when I ran in my Nikes. And so I'm like, okay, something with the shoe is causing, is, is not necessarily causing me to do this, but it's, it's, um, like encouraging me Mm -hmm. to do this. And so I, again, just researched, researched and found ultra and I read, you know, why their shoes are the way they are, the zero drop, the wide forefoot. And so I ordered my first pair and I, I credit those shoes um, and I, I'm not team red. I'm not sponsored or anything, but I credit those shoes for a lot of why I've stayed healthy, especially the last three years. Um, because they do encourage proper running form. Your feet can do what they need to do. My feet look completely different barefoot now than they mm-hmm. did prior to running in those shoes. How, how also, so can you, can you expand on that just a little bit? Well, I mean, they used to be, well, one, my left foot, I, I just self-diagnosed myself with Morton's neuroma because that's where the numbness would occur. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just, my feet looked like they were more compact up front. Mm-hmm. And now my toes actually splay. They, they spread out. Um, and so it like if you look online for... Um, the Tarahumara's foot or the, you know, some tribe in Africa's foot and you look at Western feet, you can see the difference Mm -hmm. in how the foot rests. And when my foot's at rest, my toes are not together. They're spread out. I mean, it looks a little funky, honestly, because it's just not what you're used to seeing Mm -hmm. here in the States. But, um, yeah, I mean, it just, the the, the room, and and I've noticed that even shoes that I felt had ample room, like I used to wear Converse, just kicking around just because they are flat They're, mm-hmm. and they do have a little bit of a stylish edge to them. And I've no, I, I can't wear them anymore. I mean, cause my feet, they, they need room up front now and they didn't necessarily need that three years ago. Mm-hmm. So that's been a huge difference. Uh, or the, the wearing of the ultras. And so now I, I want ultra, I know they are making some casual shoes that, mm-hmm. that just none of the, the, female ones have lit me up the men's boots look pretty cool so there's, um, still, there's still a little stylish at play for you there it sounds like there there is i, mean, <laughs> I don't want to wear tennis shoes all the time right, right? right so yeah i mean i already am guilty of looking too sporty too often but yeah i mean i i do care i'm not gonna lie <laughs> I, want, I want i want to be you know some, somewhat just for my own sake you know you, you right. want to oh, practice how you play or look sharp be sharp mm-hmm. kind of thing so um but the other thing is I'm, I massage my feet when I get out of the shower. I just get a little bit of lotion and I massage them every day out of the shower. And I think 
putting your hands on your feet and feeling around for any kind of sensitivities or discomfort or maybe even where calluses are starting to form. That can kind of help you hone in on a problem area before before it comes a problem area. And then lacrosse ball and any kind of ball. I actually have several different balls that I've bought. One's a lacrosse ball. The other one is um, Old Navy, at least here in Norman, has this big gumball-looking machine that's these bouncy balls. Mm -hmm. It's it's smaller than a lacrosse ball, and it's 25 cents. Um, (laughs) So I've gotten several of those. And then I've gone to a party store and gotten the smaller balls that can really be great to um, kind of – push on your knuckles mm-hmm. of your of your toes and get the mobility there um, a lot lot better, looser, loosen up that area. And then just massaging the bottom of my feet with the lacrosse ball or that smaller old navy ball. Um, that's helped a lot in keeping my, my feet healthy. Because that was one thing that I, I think I probably was going down the path of having some plantar fasciitis mm-hmm. at one point. And started really tending to my feet and it's made a huge, huge difference. Yeah. Um, and it's, and it's one of those things that, uh, it's, it's so easy. I'm just like most things to, to overlook, to, to forget about, to, uh, I, you know, I'm not having any problem. My feet feel good. Like I'm not having any, any issues. So, you know, uh, I don't worry about it. And then, and then, yeah, eventually it, it starts to creep up and you may not even notice it until it gets bad enough. But if you're being proactive, if you're, if you're getting on, I, I'm a, I'm a fan of the golf ball. Um, you know, just yeah. cause I, I have a bunch of them. I used to play golf fairly regularly. So I got a bunch and throw a couple in the freezer. And when you're watching TV, you, you pull them out, they're nice and cold and you just, you go to work, you know, sitting on the yeah. couch, watching TV, getting a, getting a little foot massage at the same time. Um, yep. but yeah, I mean, it, it's such a, you know, just, just being proactive, which is, I mean, the name of the game, in, in my opinion, when it comes to injury prevention, anyway, whether you're talking feet, um, it yep. band, whatever, just be proactive. Yep. And yeah, getting, getting some massage on your feet is, is a huge, a huge bonus, a huge thing to do. Even if it's not, it, maybe almost, especially if it's not, if they're not bothering you, that's the time to, to stay in front of it. So it, that you don't ever get to that point. Oh yeah. And then walking around barefoot, mm-hmm. I hardly ever wear shoes and my kids are the same way and it drives my in-laws crazy. <laughs> like, why don't your kids ever have shoes on? It's 30 degrees outside. Like, if, they, if they're cold, they'll come get shoes. But I mean, I, I'm, I'm great with them having strong feet. I want them to have strong feet. I don't want the shoe to support their arch. I don't want the heel to cushion their shock. I mean, I just want them to have strong feet. That's just important to me because I've had weak feet before and I don't, I don't want that. And so that I would say that that's my tip. Um, to, to longevity is taking care of the foundation, which I believe are, are your feet. Yeah. I, and, I, I, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was going to say, I, I think it, I heard it on, I heard Jay Johnson say it, coach Jay Johnson. And, but I don't think he's the one it's not, he's not the originator of this saying, but where the mouse is nibbling is often not where it entered the house. Mm. And with relation to injuries, a lot of times where if our feet are hurt, or hurting, it's not necessarily where the problem is. It could be the hips, it could be tight hamstrings, it could be tight calves. And so, you know, just just focusing on the feet may not be enough, or it is not enough. I shouldn't even say may not be. It is not enough. I mean, hip strength is huge, and I really think that it's a big, big issue for women especially, um, just making sure you have strong hips and that you're when you're running, your hip's not dropping and mm-hmm. – um, doing hip hikes and other, other things that help strengthen the glutes. You know, Carly mentioned our, our band exercise, mm-hmm. our two minute routine that we do 
prior to running, that is all geared towards firing your glutes and making sure those strong muscles that can can lay there dormant um, during a run, believe it or not, don't that you've engaged them and you fired them and now they're they're active during your run and um, that that all will help too and then just little things like legs up the wall pose where you just scoot your butt as close to the mm-hmm. wall as possible and put those legs straight up and kind of loosen things up there I, I mean there's all sorts of things that can and should be done to stay healthy and keep you on the roads as long as possible or the trails or whatever your um, your path is yeah, no, to- totally agree. And, and, you know, the, the, the sayings, those, those old adages that, uh, you know, never go out of style. There's a reason to it. There's a, there's a bit of truth there. And, you know, that the ounce of yeah. prevention is always worth, uh, way more than the pound of cure. So, you know, be, be proactive. So, so true. Yeah. Stay, so, stay so on top true. of things. So as, as we're wrapping up, Christy, it's, uh, uh, kind of the, the way that, uh, and there's a dozen things I, I really wanted to get into Boston a bit more, but, uh, you know, just ran out of time. Maybe we'll have to, to do that again at some point down the road, but, um, we'd, we'd love to, to, to finish as I usually do with a philosophical question. So something that's, that's very similar to the, to the introductory question, very open-ended, um, no, no right answer, no wrong answer. You can, you can take it long. You can, you can keep it short or, or somewhere in the middle, whatever, whatever floats, uh, floats your boat for you. But, uh, I, I'd be curious to, to kind of go back a, a little bit to, um, kind of the beginning days of, of Wahoo and, and, and well, the continuing days of Wahoo and, and working with the kids and, 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 um, you know, helping them to, to, like you said, to find the joy and, and to not be, uh, caught up in the negativity of running that, that, I mean, I was guilty of, I thought running was a punishment for, for years before I, I got yeah. into it as well. So, um, yeah. I'd, I'd be curious to know what has, has working with the kids and, and, and coaching them and mentoring them and, and, and showing them that the joy and passion for running, what has that maybe taught you about yourself or lessons that you've learned through the kids that you're able to then use, use for yourself in your own running, um, to, to maybe keep things fun or, or whatever it might be. I'll leave it very open-ended, but, but what have the kids that you've worked with taught you that's impacted you, uh, as a runner and maybe just as a person as well, we'll, we'll leave it very yeah. open-ended. Gosh, there is really so much. Um, I think just seeing some of them come in with that I can't do this Mm. sort of maybe they're not exactly saying it but you can feel it that they believe that this this is this is just not for them or that they're not capable and seeing them just break it down you know we're not going out there the very first week running three miles we're going out there the very first week maybe running a half a mile Mm. total over the hour that we're together uh and for them to start to just chip away at that goal and start thinking, okay, one of the things that we do when they complete a lap is we give them a little Sharpie dot on their wrist, mm-hmm. the inside of their wrist. And so I, I call it the Bermuda, Bermuda Triangle of Counting because I noticed whenever I first did it, none of the kids could count accurately. That could have been intentional or unintentional. But I find that even with myself, when I do track work, I'm like, I don't know if I did eight or seven or what mm-hmm. I did. I think running fast kills brain cells sometimes. But, um, but just seeing them like make the connection between those dots and as those dots grow throughout that 12-week period, and then it comes time to do our little homegrown 5K out there at the, the grass track, just to see that connection between, okay, I started here only getting two dots and now I've completed this whole thing and I've run a half marathon and we make them these little wooden medals 
and give it to them at the end, just like a race medal. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel like, Oh gosh, there's so much to learn there. One, believe in yourself. No one looks at the mountain and boom, poof, you're up at the top of the mountain. You've got to do the switchbacks. You've got to do the little, those right, left, right, left, all the way up to get there. And so to see them make that connection between, okay, here's this big goal that I don't think I'm capable of, but I'm breaking it down into these little bite-sized chunks. And all of a sudden, at the end of 12 weeks, I'm there and I did it. There's so much to learn from that. And whether you're 47 or you're 32 or 28 or whatever you're eight or 12, mm-hmm. um, just making that connection that, okay, this, this goal, it may it not running related, but I don't know what achieving a project at school, treat it like you did that run, do little bits along the way. And you're going to, you're going to be there and have a successful project completed at the end of this time frame. And just being able to break it down into to manageable chunks, those big goals, I think is something that watching them do it makes me realize that I need to have that same perspective when it comes to anything in my life or my kids' lives or my husband or just our family life. Um, it makes a huge difference. So I, I, hopefully that answers the question. Just to being seeing that huge goal can be overwhelming, but once you start to break it down and just tackle one one step at a time, you're capable of way more than you ever thought you were capable of. Yeah, it, it absolutely answers the question, and, and and what a what a great lesson um, that uh, that you're able to learn, and then obviously share it. So thank you for uh, for doing that uh, again, guys. Uh, WahooRunning.com. If you want to check out more of what uh, what Christy and Carly have going on, and uh, at WahooRun on the Instagrams, if you want to follow them there, uh, Dizruns.com slash five three six. We'll have everything linked up as we always do. Um, anything that we talked about that makes sense to link to posts, videos, books, the the whole nine uh, will will be there. So uh, Christy, thank you. Uh, Thank you so much for taking the time today for, for sharing a bit and, and uh, no doubt uh, helping some folks, maybe maybe learn some things or, or hear some things for the first time that, that really clicks. And, and I, I just uh, appreciate that. I always appreciate the chance to talk to everybody, obviously, but but love to, to chat with other other coaches and kind of pick their brains a little bit and, and uh, you know, just kind of, you know, re- reconfirm or reaffirm, I guess, that uh, maybe I'm, I'm on the right track with some of the things that I'm doing as well. And, and uh, you know, when I, when I get that validation that other folks believe the same way that I do and, and feel the same way that I do, and, and, and maybe we're all, all helping the running community a little bit in our own ways as well. So anyway, uh, thank you again for taking the time. Um, all the best in uh, Austin, right? You said Austin is, is this week? Yeah, Austin and then on to Boston. Austin and on to Boston. Well, as people will have already, you know, when this finally comes out, Austin will be in the rear view and Boston will be in the, in the, uh, in the next thing on the, on the agenda. But uh, hope these next few races uh, go well for you and uh, certainly you. wishing you nothing but the best going forward. Thank you. I appreciate your time and just talking to me. All right, guys, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. I hope you enjoyed the conversation between Christy and myself. And as always, I'd be curious to know what stood out to you from this episode. What was what was your big takeaway from the conversation that we had today? Um, for me, it, it really comes back to the idea of of making our running fun. You know, whether that's that's shouting a little wahoo when you when you run by uh, folks at a race, um, or or running with kids, or whatever the case might be. Um, I, I love when Christy said that you know the faster you get, the the less fun people seem like they're having. And, and I've experienced it. I've I've maybe been guilty of it. Um, you know, you start to have have time pressures. You have time goals. You're you're trying to to meet a certain you know pace or or whatever it might be at, at the race, whatever your goal might be, and it's, it's easy to lose sight of the fact that we, we still do this because we enjoy it, because it's fun, because it's something that we love to do. And, and 
you know, it's, it's sad, sad, but true. Right. And so any, any time that, that I can be reminded to, to make sure that this stays fun, to make sure that I'm, I'm enjoying myself, that I'm having a blast, that I'm, I'm wahooing and, and, uh, you know, giving kids high fives and pointing out great signs and whatever the case might be. However, however, it, it is something that you can do to have fun on, on race day during your training runs, whatever, try to do that. Try to do that. The more, the more fun we're having, the better. And quite possibly, quite probably, uh, you know, the, the more success you're going to have as well. Um, because, you know, there's just something about, about being in a good mood, being happy, having a smile on your face that, uh, physiologically it makes a difference. Our, we're, we're able to, to be faster where our, our, our pain recognition actually goes down. There's studies about that, where if you, if you have a smile on your face, you're, you're less perceptive to pain. So if you, if you're, you know, kind of struggling to hit the wall or pushing through the last few miles of a race, if you force yourself to smile, you're actually going to be more likely to be able to continue on, uh, than if, if you have that, that stone face, that, that grimace, that scowl that uh, you see so many runners have when they're, when they're pushing through and digging hard. Uh, smile a little bit. Have a little fun. Keep it fun. Always. Hard run, race, easy run, whatever. Keep running fun. That's what we're doing it for is because we enjoy it. And uh, what, a, what a great reminder today. Uh, a few times, several times, as, as we went through the conversation with Christy. So that was, that was my takeaway. What about you? Uh, let me know. I'm always curious to hear your takeaways uh, at Dizruns on the Twitter, Dizruns at gmail.com for the email. And uh, as, as you know by now, you can always also head over to the show notes, Dizruns.com slash 536 for this episode and leave a comment there and let me know what stood out to you. What was what was that thing that we talked about that really resonated with you um, that, that maybe will, will have a positive impact on your running, a, a positive change, lead to a change and help you become uh, a, a better runner and, and move more towards your goals. Always, always curious for that feedback. So please don't be shy. Let me know. Um, and before we pull this this uh, train completely into the station, just one last reminder, disruns.com slash audible. If you want to check out uh, a, a free audio book, um, again, running, running related, fiction related, whatever it might be, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of books to choose from. Uh, and if you, if you do it, thank you. It supports the show. And let me know what you, what you, uh, what you chose for your book, uh, because I'm always looking for suggestions for my next audio book as well. So, uh, disruns.com slash audible. And with that, we'll go ahead and, and pull this, pull this boat completely into the Harbor. Uh, how many more metaphors can I put? We, we can put the bow on things. We can, we can wrap it up. We can, we can kick it out, whatever it is. Um, but, uh, thank you guys for listening. I, I do appreciate it. Each and every, each and every episode that you listen to, um, I, I hope that you enjoyed. I hope you get something out of it. Um, and, and I hope you know that I, uh, I don't take it for granted that you, you give up a, an hour or more, more or less or whatever time it is, uh, in each episode to listen to the episode. I uh, hope you enjoy it. Thanks for, thanks for all you do. Thanks for sharing the show, telling others about it, using, you know, supporting the sponsors, which supports me, um, all, everything that you do. It's, it's just appreciated. Uh, and, and, I uh, can't wait to, uh, to talk to you again in the next episode. So until then, please be well, take good care. Uh, happy running, wahoo running. And, uh, we'll talk soon. See you guys.